Hello, everybody. It is Sunday night, October the 20th. Welcome to the 33rd episode of the Tech Educator Podcast. My name is Jeff Bradbury from TeacherCast.net. Thank you so much for joining us each and every night. There's, of course, several ways that you can connect with us. We love it when you check out our website, TechEducatorPodcast.com, where you can check out all of our audio, our video content, and subscribe to our YouTube channel by going to TechEducatorPodcast.com and clicking on that sidebar right there where it says YouTube links. We are doing amazing in that category, and we say thank you so much for joining us. We have two co-host today and a few puppets today we are talking all about those little things in those favorite apps of yours that maybe you like maybe you love and maybe you didn't know about we're also going to be talking about some great conferences now i'm going to use the word right now and i don't want to get walker upset but yesterday i met george Kuros face to face and so uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Edscape conference that happened yesterday and uh, about George's amazing keynote that uh, I had the pleasure of recording. But first, I want to introduce our co-host. I want to bring on Mr. John Samuelson. John, how are you today? I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Now, you're playing doctor tonight, but not the doctor that we're used to hearing you play about. That's right. Um, I am taking care of sick baby that has been screaming probably since about the time we couldn't take it to the doctor, and it just is screaming mercilessly, and so we take it on car rides, we take it on walks, we take it all over the place, but he just sniffles and cries, and luckily we can take him into the doctor tomorrow, so it's hard. And then we have the other three um, Sammy felons running around that uh, are loosey-goosey because they know they can get away with murder, so... We're trying to get that going for him. Nice. Um, let me clear one thing here. Good. Every now and then we have a little audio glitch here. But uh, if you're out there watching, thank you so much for joining us. You can follow us on the hashtag Tech Educator. And uh, if you're on Twitter and if you're not, if you're watching on TeacherCast.tv live every single Sunday night at 7 o'clock Eastern, you can, of course, use our chatwing.com slash TeacherCast uh, chat box there. We love it when you guys interact with us. Now, John, I, I don't want to turn this into a weekly um, daddy MD kind of chat thing, but but what do you do? I mean, you know, my wife and I right now are going crazy because th- those little things are active in there. We, we We've come to the conclusion that... <laughs> That either we have three humans or a bunch of frogs swimming around there. What what do you do when your child decides to um, not feel well? It's it's hard with it. You know, it's it's easier when they're a little bit grown. I have to say, I'm more of a fan of the grown, like two years and up child. Until it gets to about two years, that's really Marnie's territory, and she's very patient. I mean, she's she's totally patient and stays up most of the night, and then I give her a chance to sleep and. So we kind of have to trade it off like that a little bit. But, yeah, she she feels bad for Adam, and I do too, but there's just nothing we can do. So we dose him with, you know, um, medicine to get his temperature down. We wipe his nose and hear him scream, you know, and it, there's really nothing you can do until Monday when you try and take him to the doctor and see if you can get some proper meds in him and see what it is. But we're not sure. We thought it was teething, but it's not teething anymore. I think it's something completely different. So you just kind of have to grin and bear it. You have to suck it up. Well, I'm thinking, and if you're out there listening, and, and you might want to help me out with this, but I am thinking of starting a new parent chat. Um, it'll be a 24-7 chat, and it'll probably be happening sometime <laughs> in the middle of January through uh, 2034, I believe, is when we're going to finish it off. So um, if you're interested in, and you're a new parent or have any advice for some poor person who's having three kids, we would love to hear from you out there. want to introduce our other co-host. He is the creator of... 
Waka Patui. I want to bring on Mr. Sam Patterson. No, Sam Patterson, how are you today? Hey, hey Jeff, how are, you, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing well. Could you do me a big favor, my friend? Can you move slightly to your left? Oh, there it is. There is you are. Is that my left in your world? That is, yeah. that is yes, your okay. left. Stage left, by the way. Tell us, my friend, how are you doing? How is Patui? And, by the way, I shook George Kuros' hand yesterday. Oh, can we can we talk about this? Because you said you met George Kuros, and I was like, oh, that's so exciting. Yesterday, I just wasn't on social media much, so there must be a tweet from Jeff in here about meeting George Kuros to me. And I looked, and Jeff, all I have is direct message spam from people I've never met, and well, nothing. Why, why do you have no, direct, nothing from you? Why Why do you have direct message spam? Oh, direct message oh, spam. It's gosh. been coming down like cats and dogs oh, this my week. Gosh, it's been if raining. cats and dogs were things that fell all over the place, oh, they aren't. What, what about what about like llama and baby poop? Could that also fall? Uh, yeah. Llama tipping. Llama tipping. There you go. <laughs> Recklessly off course. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about anymore. <laughs> How are things on the Patui land? Uh, Batui Land's going really well. This week, we're actually having the Edu Puppets co-moderate the chat. Oh, wow, that sounds like so much fun. Well, the, the Twitter chat? Yes, yeah, they don't have arms. How are, how are we going to do that? Uh, they're going to record a lot of the stuff ahead of time using <laughs> Siri, and I'm going to help them get it into TweetDeck. Um, but they're actually going to be, and actually, John, uh, this was partially inspired by you and the Lady Geeks, uh, we're going to be talking copyright uh, oh, on this week. <laughs> and yeah, and our, and our, um, our responsible our, use yes. and, uh, <laughs> you know, th- those kinds of issues. Because as teachers, you know, a lot of us end up with kind of a working policy that is just fine until we do something like get tablets in our classroom and start broadcasting what we're doing. And what maybe was slightly irresponsible now becomes, you know, illegal in public. Um, so you really have to think like when you're when you're a connected educator, you have to think differently about copyright. And Waka and Carrie and Pi Pi and Stuart are all going to kind of lead a conversation about that. Uh, I'm looking forward to that because I, I recently run into a little bit of copyright issues myself. Um, it, it does have to do with George. Can I have a can I have a George conversation here, Waka, without getting yelled at? Oh, oh, yeah, he's he's my favorite. I just wish that, you know, when you hang out with him, you'd, like, tweet a picture at me or something. That's, That's all. That's right. You have to take out. a selfie. No, wait, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I, John, I'm arguing with a puppet here. I actually did. You're losing, too. <laughs> no, I'm not. You, did, you really are. Did just I? You know. This is my show. Did I? <laughs> did I or did I not tweet you a picture of George looking at the presentation window yesterday? I did. I know I did. It was, I, I don't I don't know about that. I don't I don't I don't see any tweets from you here yesterday at all. Uh, check your iMessage, my friend, because I sent you a picture of George looking at it with the with the message hashtag. Please put a picture of Waka in here. So George is looking at Waka on the stage. Uh, well, then you said that to Sam. I don't have your iMessage. Um, I don't have an iMessage. I just have a Twitter. I was I was brought. Why am I arguing, John? How are you doing today? I'm okay. He's just saying what it, what um, Waka is saying is you have to tweet it at you have to mention him in the tweet. I was kind of I message it to him. I, I was kind of live broadcasting. A... Here's the cool part about yesterday. Um, we had crazy. over 500 people watching George's keynote yesterday. 
That's incredible. I mean, yeah, I, I've seen when I first ran into George on Educon a few years back, he he pulled in a bunch of people. There's at least 230 people in there, and that was four years ago before it was really starting to gain strength. So I can believe that. I want to say uh, hello out there to Katie Ann, who is watching us live via TeacherCast.tv. Also want to give a big shout out to a few other great educators like Adam Clark, who's at Mr. A Clark 29, who's out there. I want to say thank you so much for watching. Again, you can watch us here every single Sunday night at seven. Um, Katie, by the way, if I can mention this, is the author of a great online course, Sam. I don't know if you know this one or not. If you go to learn.teachercast.net, you can find a great course from Katie on how to use green screen technology. And, I saw uh, that. And that is amazing. I also noticed that Katie has a lot of other great screencasts also. She does some really great work. Very clear, very to the point. Not a lot of extraneous puppet nonsense. Well, usually the word puppet Admirable. and nonsense go in the... Anyway, so Craig Yen is also watching us right now. We want to give a big Speaking shout out to Craig nonsense. Yen. Craig Yen, by the way, is not only an, an edu rock star, he is a human edu puppet himself, I think. He is all over the place, including was an awesome moderator last week at RSCon, and I think we need to give, John, I think we need to give him a big uh, round of applause here. He did. He moderated my session, so thanks. He was great for that, and of course, you know, there's a lot of amazing professional development out there. RSCon was just ended. We also currently had, um, I think it's even over today, but we had Connected Librarians conference that was going on. That was a, one of those Steve Hargadon uh, things. And also next week coming up, we have the K-12 Online 13 conference. I forget what the whole thing is called. But that was actually kicked off last week with an amazing um, pre-conference keynote by the one, the only, the Shannon Miller so if you haven't gotten a chance to check out all the stuff that's happening over there, it's uh, K-12Online, I believe it is, .com. Um, I have a presentation there on how to do WordPress, and it was really, really nice. Now, do you guys have any conferences coming up that you're working on or doing, maybe? Sam, John? I, I have, okay, I have one, and then I have one. And then I have one That's more. That's three, three this week. So Tuesday I'm going to the Mobile Mania Conference in Beaumont, Texas, and I'm doing two sessions. Uh, Beaumont, not an easy drive for me. It's four hours ooh, one way. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, go ahead. Would that conference involve any dancing? I don't know. It might. I, I could dance are, there if are, you want are, me are, to. Are you allowed to dance in Beaumont now? I think you can dance in Beaumont. It's if not it a... isn't, I'm going to do it and break the law then. You, you don't you don't have to quote from Ecclesiastes about, about dancing? And, no, I don't think so. I don't think and... so. I think that was um, Footloose, and that was in Nebraska, I think, right? <laughs> was it that the town you couldn't dance in, in Footloose? <laughs> uh, which was really shot in Utah, by the way. Thank you very much. Uh, that's a little tidbit for you. Uh, then on Wednesday, I'm actually doing a uh, panel with... Ready for this one? George Kuros in Austin. Yay! And I'm also doing it with my friend Greg Garner and EdTech Sandy K, both of them. And uh, then on Saturday, I'm doing a Region 12 conference where we're going to be talking about Live Slide from Atlas Learning with uh, some good people from the Belton School District. So I've got three this week. I'm, I hope I can slow down at some point. Wow. But... I can't write that. That's now. pretty impressive. I've got one at the end of this week, a week from today. Actually, uh, hey, guys, I don't know if I'm on this podcast next week because I'm going to be broadcasting live from JedCamp SF Bay, which is an ed camp Ooh, specifically nice. organized for Jewish educators. Bring uh, them all on. We can, we can, bring you know, them all bump, on. Yeah, okay. Bump, 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 bump. We can all, you know, we can. 
We'll be wrapping up uh, right about when this kicks off, so we'll I'll broadcast live from the after party. Hey, can we be a part of the SmackDown? I'm hosting the SmackDown, so I, but I think the SmackDown's at three. You know, do we want to come on an hour earlier to do the SmackDown? I, three I, would be six o'clock Eastern. I would, I would, right? I would three, be willing three to, Pacific to, to would come. Be six Eastern. Yeah. Wait, wait a minute. We 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 have to do a quorum here, Craig. Can we come on an hour early next week if we needed to, Craig? Craig Yen? Let's do it. Um, let, Craig... let me double check my. Uh... While we're doing that, uh, Craig is mentioning here that it's K12 Online Conference dot dot something dot K12 Online Conference dot org, and uh, Katie also has a presentation that day. That's going to be awesome. Check that stuff out. Hey, I also forgot I'm moderating BYOT chat on Thursday night as well. Awesome. So three, you, there's four things. So if you have any... 3.30. T- Smackdown's at 3.30. So there. You, let's come on a half hour early and do it. If you have any tomatoes, please bring those with you. That'd be fun. All Sam would have to do is put on his Google Hangout and just turn it over there. We could watch him work his magic. That'd be kind of fun. That would be fun. We could, we could have TeacherCast broadcast the Smackdown. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. So, Who doesn't love a good Smackdown? Just today, I was talking with Wait Debbie the triplets and, uh, come. the the head of the the school we're going to be at, and I was saying, so you know what's really great for broadcasting is when I have my very own super special internet, and they agreed to that. So hopefully, oh nice, mm-hmm. nice. And speaking of super special, um, there's been a lot of wonderful things happening here. There was a few people that actually asked me earlier a few weeks ago. Um, they were asking about lesson plans, and lesson plans are one of those odd things that we have to do every single week, which reminds me, it's Sunday night, and I have to do my own lesson plans. But I actually did a show with a, with a, a great website called uclass.org. That's U, the letter U, class.org. And they are a site where you can create, share, and even get paid for your lesson plans. And uh, if you check us out over there, um, teachercast.net slash YouTube, we put up our stuff. Also, teachercast.net slash iTunes, you can download that episode but uh, it, it's, it's a great company called U-Class. You can share, create, and if somebody else uses your lesson plan, um, you actually get paid for it. So that's kind of neat. So check that wow, stuff out. it's like out. teachers pay teachers for lesson plans. It's, it's a little bit more controlled. I don't know anything about teachers pay teachers, so I don't want to comment on that. But when you, subs- when you put a lesson plan up with the objective of getting paid for it, they actually have a review panel of about 20 to 40 some teachers. I don't remember the number, but they actually have teachers out there that are um, reviewing the lesson plans and rating the lesson plans. And of course, it's not just like put up a document. You, they want you to put all the materials and the links and the apps and all those other things. So, um, so, if so I, does somebody check the spelling? Yeah, yeah, yes. So <laughs> if you, that's you know my my TPT big issue so far is that about twenty five percent of it's spelled wrong. That's just right, and that's because it's not. They don't go over it. You can submit it whatever you want to teachers pay teachers. Right. That much I know. So no, it's you, like that's you, that's the poor teachers not spelling correctly. They're probably elementary teachers. You, you bless their heart. Yeah, U class is great, and and I also cool. today signed up for. Uh, I, I know this is gonna gonna hurt a little bit, but I I actually signed up today for EduBlogs. So if you go to teachercast.edublogs.org, I believe it is, I actually signed up for it to make a demo site because in a few weeks, I'm going to be down in Atlantic City for the New Jersey Educators Association um, conference. And I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, the, the, the brand new, <laughs> brand new TeacherCast booth is going to be down there. Yes, we have version two of the broadcasting booth. 
And uh, that's going to be down there. I've actually got a, a large classroom, probably about 50 to 60 people or so are going to be doing a one-to-one learning lab with me, um, learning how to do WordPress and how to create a 21st century website. So I signed up for Edublogs. It was great. It was easy. I got to tell you, it was so much easier to start a blog on Edublogs than it was on WordPress.com. If you've ever done a WordPress.com blog, they're great, but there's so much advertisement. But uh, to do Edublogs, it literally was a five-minute sign-in, and I was in, and I can't wait for that. And I want to say thank you out there to our friends at Edublogs. Uh, Ronnie is a great guy. We've already done one show together. And if you're looking for a blogging platform, try Edublogs. But today, we're talking all about apps, and we're talking about those, those little tricks in those apps that maybe you haven't heard of. Maybe you are using an app and you want to learn how to use it more. And, and Sam, you've got a couple apps that you were looking at earlier that, that you're doing some neat things with them. One of them was revolving around puppets, wasn't it? Yes. Um, I'm a big fan of the app Puppet Pals, and I'm looking forward to coming up uh, in the next two weeks. I'm going to be working with the first graders, and they're going to make a movie with Puppet Pals. And Puppet Pals is – let me point my camera at my uh, – iPad here, see what we can get going. Puppet Pals is an app that allows you to create very simple puppets and move them around. And there's two versions of these app, of the app. There's version one and version two. And just to be super clear, version two is completely useless for education as far as I can tell. Why is that? So, well, you can't change the background. And when the thing with Puppet Pals is when you change the background, you can make it anything you want, which allows you to create uh, essentially instructional. Uh, let's see. Okay. So hopefully there. Sam is updated to iOS 7, we see. Very yes, good. on this one. On the, on the iPad 2, I haven't yet because there just isn't room. So I use the, the first version of Puppet Pals, and this allows me to import backgrounds from my camera roll. So then I can use the app to create instructional podcasts about how to use other apps. Or, like this week, I made a review of an app starring one of the puppets with, um, with Puppet Pals. So, but starring actually one of my own puppets. What we're doing with the first graders uh, next week is they're actually going to take pictures of coral animals that they make up. And then we're going to turn those pictures into puppets. And then they're going to take pictures of, we have a coral reef here that some of the kids crocheted a number of years ago. And we're going to take pictures of the cor that coral reef, and that's going to be the background. And then the animals that they create are going to walk in front of that background. Um, so, like, with this one, I've taken screenshots of this app, and I'm using... Uh, they're Abe Lincoln puppet to kind of do the introduction. And then <clears throat> Waka comes on and talks about the app. And it's a really simple way to make a recording because literally as I'm doing this, I'm just dragging the puppet around with my finger as I'm talking. Um, and the nice thing is it makes it really easy. We should have a change of background here in a second. I can preload five, six, seven backgrounds in here at a time. So I can just change the slide that's in back as I'm recording. Uh, so if you have students making observations, there we go. 
if you have students making observations about something they've learned, they can show step one, two, and three. And now I'm using Waka shamelessly like a pointer, uh, where he's going up <laughs> and talking about the different data sets that are in Daisy the Dinosaur. Um, so that's what I really like about Puppet Pals, because even though this app is designed to create, you know, funny puppet shows about zombies in the Wild West, you can easily point it to uh, good instructional uses. And, you know, the kids love playing with puppets. I, I, I'm a major, major fan of Puppet Pals. If anybody follows the account at Jedi Pad Master, our good friend Toby Price, he uh, he uses Puppet Pals constantly for Grog the Zombie, which if uh, anybody's ever followed Teacher Cast knows that Grog the Zombie is was our first and still is our first national mascot here. Right, right. Toby is my Puppet Pals mentor. Yes, you know, he he does so many great things, and you know, he's the one that brought it to my attention that you can you can grab an Oprah preloaded puppet from the yeah. uh, talk show host set in Puppet Pals. Well, that's because Toby has this has a. a, a can you officially have a man crush on on Oprah? Yeah. You can. Then he then, then he does he does, he, he does then, a spot on impersonation of her too, really. Well, yeah. I mean, don't you think it's the thighs? But yeah, absolutely, it's it's in there, and um, so that's a really cool thing. I didn't know that Puppet Pals Two took away the uh, the background image. That's that's so too bad. So Puppet Pals Two does some really neat stuff if you're looking at it just for I want to create a digital puppet show. The characters look a lot more like the jib jab characters with the moving mouth. Yes. And the the limbs are all poseable. Mm -hmm. And the background scrolls as you walk through it, so it's much more like you're creating an actual animated movie puppet show, and it's not just you know like, you know, on a stick puppets. Um, so I know why they made the choices, but you can't import your own rolling background. So from an instructional design standpoint. I can't do as much with that as a teacher, and there's too many little choices for the kids to make. You know, if if they're going to get hung up on the fact that the arm doesn't flop like they want it to flop, and they're going to record re-record it eight times, and you know, be trying to move all of the limbs exactly like they want it to move. So I see a lot of potential for kind of pointless frustration there, where I don't mind getting kids to a point of frustration. I want it to be a fruitful frustration where they're going to learn something. And that ultimately what they're going to achieve is really cool and not just amusing. I get it. You were talking about playing with the limbs and you called it pointless conversation. I, I get it. <laughs> I, that, you guys, you that, guys are, that, are priceless. That, yes, that's, that, that's a good one. That's yes. a good one. Uh, John, how about you? Are there any like like little tidbits and apps and stuff that you've come across that, that, that you're using either with your kids or, or in your uh, daily? You know um... – there are, I mean, there are some really good ones that I, I've, I mean, I'm trying to think of, go with the theme of like different types of, I don't know, like Easter eggs or different types of hidden kind of features. And um, I still always kind of go back to, um, I don't know, I, I mean, I, I go back to some of the ones that are, that are a little bit simple, like Ask 3. And um, I don't know if it's a hidden feature or whatever, but when you go through Ask 3, I think one of the you that's one that you really have to kind of get interactive with a little bit and you can go through and create the movie you know the movie that would be your lesson or whatever kind of like what Sam was doing a little bit right there and then 
if you can create the class and learn, I think the trick is if you can create the class and learn how to get the kids into the class, then they can use it very effectively. And I think that sometimes right now for Ask 3, I think that's the difficult part of it when I've been trying to get teachers to use it a little bit more is the whole importing people into the class thing. And so sometimes you just really need to sit there and go through some of these different apps and what what is you know, ask really so so John the uh, generally I've found that those community class things work in a number of ways. One is they have a secret code. The other is you have to essentially add them yourself by way of a comma separated value file. Right. Which does ask three do? So ask three is the one with the codes, and you know that's what I've been working with a little bit too. Is like trying to, it's I can't figure. The thing that I the thing that I'm having a hard time with as as I'm doing more professional development and less work with with students right now, is how to get people to a website where you can go through, and I know I want them to get to this website. Some of them will listen, some of them will Google search and have a hard time getting there. But then to enter the code in, like once I can get them in the room, that's really the trick. But even for a group of professional educators like I had um, I had all week this last week it, it's it's hard to get like I would love to just use a QR code and beam them out there or I'd love to be able just to put a bookmark on a website but it's hard you know I don't know I can't figure out the perfect way ask three will at will you have to go to the the app and then inside the app you have to put the code in and it's just a hard it's just a hard thing sometimes because so so you Craig's know, you know tweeting or saying you know that chirp might work well. Um, oftentimes, what I've done in that situation, John, is I've built an Evernote document that has not only the code I want, but a, like a screen capture picture of the page, and then I drop that long URL into my Google URL shortener, and then I've got the Google URL that I put on the whiteboard, but then I also project the QR code on the screen in front. So they can either type in the URL or scan the QR code. Mm -hmm. And once they open the document, at the top of the document is also the QR code and the URL again, so the person next to them can copy it easily. Mm -hmm. I, think that the, I think that sounds like a good idea. The hard part for me is, I, in a perfect world, I wish that people, I wish we could all agree that yeah, um, every teacher that I would come in and, and come into contact with with professional development would actually have the the knowledge, the working knowledge, and just a QR code reader. A lot of them don't. And then I agree with Craig. Chirp would work great. But then what I found, Craig, is that Chirp, as much as I love that I love that app, it was on the Wi-Fi that I was on last uh, last uh, Thursday and Friday. It's actually kind of blocked. So, like, you have to be over Wi-Fi to get the Chirp going. And a lot, and then a lot of people don't know about Chirp as much as I try and you know talk about it and evangelize it. It's just now, a free now app. You, what do you mean you have to be over Wi-Fi to get the Chirp going? Chirp so works acoustically. Chirp, you can't. Um, Chirp do, isn't. I found is having a hard time working lately, and I, I couldn't even show it to people because I was on this kind of firewalled Wi-Fi on Thursday and Friday. So yeah. on my phone. I can go ahead and chirp it, but then I'm trying to chirp it to my iPad, which isn't on a cellular network. It's on the Wi-Fi, and for some reason, it was just completely blocked. So finally, I got my iPad on the Wi-Fi, and it still wouldn't go. It said there's a problem with this chirp, and then when I tried to do it with my friend, I tried to just chirp it to my friend uh, on her phone. 
then it wor I found out it worked. So you can lock Chirp on a Wi-Fi, I guess. It was a really locked down Wi-Fi, but um, there are some of those out there where they are really locked down. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and so that's what I – I think the Evernote thing sounds pretty good, though. I wish that we could – I wish that uh, when we go to conferences, maybe we could agree that we should have some QR codes because even I, – I was surprised even at the ICE conference when I was there in late February in Chicago, I put out just kind of like my links and QR codes, and I had more people asking me what those were and then which QR code to, uh, reader to download and showing them how to create them rather than people going to my resources, which is a little disappointing, you know, because you're like, I thought that we were at the point now where people kind of knew what QR codes were and, you know. Well, and it's know. interesting because, you know, we're always trying to figure out what part of, you know, wh which part of the tech adoption population are you working with? And you kind of have to work with all of them at the same time. Like, we want right. to use QR codes, but we also have to always be prepared to teach about QR codes right. because they're not going to learn what a QR code is until it's useful to them, and you might be the first person who's kind of requiring them to use it. And I've found working with teachers with tech integration, if you're going to request someone use something, you have to be willing in that moment to show them exactly how it works. Yeah. And, you know, you may not have figured that into your time for your presentation. But if that's what they need, then, you know, maybe that is going to make all the difference. Right. So, yeah, so it, it's, it's, um, it's tough. But, I mean, that's, that's, what we're, that's where we're at. So, yeah, that's the, one of the things. So I think that Ask3 is, I think Ask3 is a great app. Um, I've been showing LiveSlide a lot to some educators, too, and that requires them to get to one. I'm going to have to figure out the one solution. But you know what, Sam, your Evernote one sounds pretty decent. I've noticed also, though, that when I was uh, training, we, we the first app we showed was Skitch, and Skitch is now, you have to really look for the button if you don't want to sign up for an Evernote account, but just how many people don't have the Evernote accounts or don't know what Evernote is at this last training, so I was like, okay, so then we, we actually went in impromptu and I showed them what Evernote was for them and why they should sign up for the free account. I, so, did, yeah, I did the same thing yesterday for uh, for Edscape. I was doing a pre whole presentation on podcasting, and then nobody was in my room for the last session, and I just sat there with a few teachers showing them all the work that I've been doing on Evernote. And, you know, again, that's thanks to, the, that, thanks to being on this show. My kids are doing some amazing things using Evernote. Yeah, yeah that's great. Sam, why do we have a duck that we're looking at? What, what do you got there? Well, I wanted to uh, to show you guys another app. One of the Sam? things that I do... Sam? Would yeah. you would you check your email? It seems like you have a few unopened emails there. Oh, I thought you meant you just. Oh, you, you know, you know what's great is that number is so much. It's I don't know where that came from. I've actually been chasing that notification around. When I upgraded to iOS seven, my phone mail said I had five thousand unread messages because of how it interacts with Gmail. How many of those were from Craig Yen? I, I think all of them were. <laughs> I actually ended up taking, on my phone, I took the Gmail out of the system mail and put it just in the Gmail app because the system mail was saying that I had thousands of unread messages. And frankly, it was just too stressful. But 618, that's kind of an auspicious number. I'm, I'm good with that. Um, what I wanted to show you was that in blogging, I use this app Blogsy. And it allows me to post to different blog platforms. And it's really nice. You can see along this sidebar here that it's got integration with Vimeo, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, uh, 
Picasso, which is kind of amazing because I keep assuming Picasso has disappeared, but it hasn't. Um, Flickr, the iPhoto, and then just a, a web search. This allows you to bring all of those things into your post, but what I really like is the fact that I can publish pu publish as, nope, it's not that button, there's a, ah, a draft switch, so I can turn the draft on, so I can publish from my iPad in draft format, so that when I open it on my desktop, I can finish it, but this allows me to get the photos on there easily, because uh, one of the things I've noticed with Blogger is my photos aren't necessarily always where it's easy for me to get them to my blog because I take so many photos now with my iPad that's on my school address. I've got my Google Apps for Education, so I have to like sign out of one whole set of accounts and sign into another one and then try, and get, try to get to the photos. So using the draft function and making sure it's actually posting to the website as a draft is a really great way for me to create good draft work on the iPad and then be able to access it later because I'm not generally happy with all of the formatting that Blogsy does and I like to be able to go in there and change it afterwards but I do like being able to compose from my iPad. And now when you're writing your blogs um, are you using the native keyboard or do you have a, an external keyboard that you use for that? Uh, generally, I'm using this keyboard, which is a Zag uh, Bluetooth wireless keyboard that's kind of part of this um, case. So you are, so it actually is, okay. Yeah, it's, it's an actual keyboard that's connected. And I, it was kind of, it took a little bit after I installed iOS 7 to get that back to, like, happy and connected all the time. There was some weird interference with my phone. I had to really? like put my phone and its Bluetooth in the other room in order to get it to pay proper attention to the uh, iPad. But once it was associated, that worked out great. You know, there's some people here that are listening. And again, you can listen to the Tech Educator podcast each and every Sunday night at 7 o'clock Eastern and follow us over at techeducatorpodcast.com. Uh, Sam, if we were going to follow your blogs, I know you have, uh, you've got two blogs that you're currently working on, aren't you? I am. I've got uh, mypaperlessclassroom.org, and that's a blog that focuses on pedagogy and technology, and my it's kind of like my technology integration blog that started when I was an English teacher, and now is continuing to look at my work integrating ped uh, technology into the K-5 classroom mostly, but some seventh grade stuff. Uh, and this week we'll actually be talking about this really cool little book series by... Uh, ASCD. It's their ARIA series. It's a book that is like, what is this, 45 pages long? No, by the time we get to page 40, we're all ready to like lesson plan checklists. Wow. And this one's called Teaching with Tablets. And John, last year you would have been all over this because as an ed tech integration specialist, this is the book I want to give to my teachers because it says that, you know, here's kind of level one stuff, but look at synchronous guided instruction via Nearpod. And then most of this book, it's about 30 pages on how uh, something like Nearpod or Socrative can really help teachers revolutionize the way that they're doing synchronized guidance instruction in a, in a tablet-based classroom. So I'm excited to get that into the hands of some of my teachers. And this week, uh, that'll be reviewed on the website. And with any luck, I'll get to a couple of the others. There's four in the series, uh, Fostering Grit which that's about uh 
Grit. Yep, grit. Uh, the five <laughs> the five minute teacher, which I think might be about what I was doing a couple of years ago. You know, I should have been putting in a whole day, but. Um, and then grading and group work. When you just, I think the inside of this book is just going to be ah, but hopefully they'll actually have some good answers. And uh, the other blog I have is bethedistraction.org, which is my high engagement pedagogy blog. So when I'm writing about what I do as a teacher that doesn't involve tech as much, it usually ends up there. I, I, I've started a new blog, and Sam's been ha helping me with it. It's called uh, drive.google.com, and I'm blogging all about this book right here, Developing the Curriculum, where every week I have a new lesson assignment based off of this wonderful text right here. So if anybody wants to read any of these blogs... Good luck. That's that's <laughs> quaint, Jeff. Your book ha your book is an actual book. <laughs> where where every week we are blogging is, is it officially blogging? We're blogging about curriculum design. Well, you know what Matt Matt B Gomez does, uh -huh. other than you know everything awesome, right? Is if you look at his blog, he's doing his grad work. It shows he he uses the blog post to do it and just puts a little header on it that says, "This is for my such and so class. You can ignore this if you want to." So I thought, you know, that's really a great way to do it because, you know, you're there already. You know where it is. You're going to be able to find it later. You can put them using, you know, hyper, uh, hyper text descriptions in there that the teacher can't see and, you know, have some fun in a meta way. <laughs> it's quite amazing sometimes the stuff that we do. And, and, and if you haven't followed Matt, uh, his blog and his, uh, he, his podcast and stuff are really, really cool. So check out that stuff. Um, you know, we have a few minutes left here and I wanted to kind of bring up a subject that's going to be happening this week because I know you guys are both, uh, mild fanboys, but this week we have the next Apple keynote coming out. Um, are yeah. you hearing anything about it? Are you interested in any of the new ideas? I mean, do you, would you be interested in an iWatch? Are you interested in a real physical Apple TV what do you think about the idea of, of new iPads coming out? Um, we, we just got our last iPads in. Um, Wasn't there an Apple keynote like at the beginning of summer? A couple but, months ago, but, right? But they still have more to cover, which, of course, everyone's thinking that that means they're going to redesign the covers on the iPads. Sam, you know what? That you can never stop innovating. That's or trying to make money. Or, or marketing. That's right. Got exactly. It. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Um, I have to say, I don't know if I uh, I know that I'm. I, I tweeted out a little link to it. I wasn't aware. That I, so I thought when I tweeted it, I thought the same thing as Sam. I, I thought it's a little bit soon, but I think that they're going to announce the upgrades to the iPad. So I'm, I'm always interested to see what, what upgrades are going to make to the iPads. Somebody was asking me the other day for iPad advice, and I still say I really enjoy the I, – I have switched over now – and really just enjoy the iPad mini more than I enjoy the regular sized iPad. Why is that? I, I you know, I, I think that, um, the size, it's an easier size to manage and carry. And, um, I don't, I don't know. I just, I just really use it a lot more than I was using my, my larger iPad. So I have, I had an iPad four and I actually even just gave it up, um, to, uh, uh, one of my friends and said, okay, you know what? Why don't you use this for now? I'm totally satisfied with just using the mini to present at conferences and now, I, I just what, am. What What would you prefer with your kids? I mean, okay, m money aside and things like that, do you see your little kids being able to use an iPad mini just as they would a full-size iPad? Is, is there a difference? I mean, I've never really played with the mini yet. 
Um, there's, you know what? Target. <laughs> they're really. What? Whoa, they're whoa, really... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What do you say? Who? Who is this? I'm Batman. You're 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 Batman. No, Batman. Yeah. Ha Batman has hair. I'm Batman. No, no, no. Uh, no. uh you're you're Bateman. <laughs> the E is silent. You're you're Batman, but but Batman has hair. Well, that is that's kind of cool. So you're Batman, but you're Bateman. I bet that. <laughs> anyway, John, go ahead. So, um, I have to say that the Samuelson children all have iPad Minis. They all three of them have iPad Minis right now that they use, and they use them a lot. So, um, yeah, it's very, it's a very, you know, I so I have a four, seven, and a nine-year-old that all have iPad Minis that they use, and so after. Um, being able to get those for him, I thought, you know what? What am I doing? I just need one of those, and I'll give back the super big one. It just the so something about it to me just appeals to me a lot more. It's easier to carry around your backpack. It's it's a lot it's a lot easier. So yeah, they the, all my kids. John, I've I'm envisioning an active back channel during dinner, like the the uh, yes. Samuelson kids all sitting there on their iPad minis snarkily commenting on how many mashed potatoes you're taking down. No, no, no. They're, they're, they're all sitting around the table walking going, all right, do you want to get sick next week? Okay, I'll get sick next week. Okay, we'll, That's right. we'll, we'll make sure that he gets poop on him now. Now, the one, thing I, school? the one thing that I am looking forward to is, well, I'm looking forward to two things. I'm looking forward to Mavericks only because you will now yes. be able to use iBooks on your desktop. Yeah, and I think that's that that's, I, that was the original thing that I wanted to that's, try out. From, that's that's going to be a game changer. And by the way, have you noticed on iTunes yet? They've already switched that over. If you're if you're in iTunes on your iTunes store, instead of saying download to iTunes, it actually now says open in iBooks. Oh no, I had noticed but, that. Okay. But you can't look at you. You know, obviously, right now if you're using normal normal Mac stuff, that button is inactive. However, if you're a developer and you're actually using Mavericks now, that button is active. So they've already started making these little uh, Easter eggs, if you want to keep at the topic here, for how things work here. So I, I'm looking forward to doing that. But I got to tell you, as a broadcaster here, the second thing I'm looking forward to is the what, what my wife and I are calling the last big purchase I'm ever going to buy. But I'm looking forward to whatever the price range is for the new Mac Pros coming out. Because... Once that thing happens, you're going to see a lot more stuff coming out of TeacherCast Broadcasting. So, Is that that black one that looks like a lozenge or a neck pillow? You can't really tell. It's a tranquilizer pill for like an elephant. But yeah, it's it's. I'm very much looking forward to it. If you if you get a chance to see my desk that I'm looking at right now, it's clutterful. So I'm uh, I'm very much looking forward to the Mac Pros, and I hope that I can buy one because right now I'm looking at my CPU usage, and I'm cooking right now. It's 99% that I'm using of my processor to do to do these teacher cast shows. Wow! Yeah, and you have only like 10% of your brain. <laughs> hey Jeff, I was going to ask you, what do you think the price range is going to be for that? I mean, what are you? Is it like going to be between twenty four and twenty eight hundred dollars? Is that where it's going to fall? That's a that's a that's a two part question for you because, as you know, the Mac Pro is just the Mac Pro. Um, I'm on top of that, it's the nine hundred ninety nine dollar flat screen monitor. So I've no idea. I would love okay. it if they came out and said, "Hey, it's free." I'm hoping it's around 2500. Okay. I'm hoping it is because 
they're not paying for the yeah obviously you know equipment and stuff goes up but they're it's a lot smaller of a footprint that they have to build and right. thank you craig for tweeting out that i'm using 10 percent of my brain and um <laughs> so so yeah con- considering that i i'm not getting rid of the current mac that i have i'm adding to it and the idea is once i move we're gonna have a lot more green screening effects and we're gonna have a lot more production value here um I'm hoping I can afford it. He yeah. says with triplets coming. That'll be it. That'll be your last one. It's either a car or your MacBook Pro. Uh, we You're have to buy the MacBook car for Pro. the wife. We have to buy the car for the wife. So that yeah, and... we had to we had to buy the second car after the fourth child. Finally, we had we could fit everybody. Then finally, once the next kid kicked in, we didn't have enough room unless we threw uh, my daughter in the trunk. So I'm not allowed to do and that. And you're in Texas, so you can do that. But I can in do most that, yeah. states, you're not allowed to. See, right, I, so. I tried to throw the kid in the trunk, but the problem was the kid is still attached to my... Anyway, I want to <laughs> say thank you so much for everybody out there who's watching. Uh, John, tell us a little bit about what you're doing this week on Techlandia. Um, okay, well, we did have a great interview last night with Brett Clark from um, just north of Louisville, and his talking about his... Chromebook rollout, which was very interesting to hear about, and they um, sound like in the Clark County School District, I think it's the Greater Clark County School District, is that right, Jeff? That um, it sounded like they just have some great thoughts about like a very progressive um, superintendent and school board, and um, it was just very interesting to hear the, the forward thinking of Brett Clark and how he got the Chromebooks rolled out in very short time. About you know about six to eight thousand Chromebooks, and um, yeah. it was interesting talking to him. So we talked to him, and we're getting ready to upload the Tony the Tony Sinanis interview from the week before is done too, and that was still a great one. So I think next week maybe we take off from the interviews, but uh, Brett Clark and Tony Sinanis were two great interviews that we're going to put up on. Um, iTunes and wherever else, Stitcher Radio, very soon. I I will tell you, John, I I have no problem um, talking good things about Techlandia, and in fact, the other, yesterday at Edscape, I had somebody come up to me and and they're like, "Are you the podcast that had Tony Sinanis on?" And I said, "Yes, I was." And thank you for watching it. <laughs> Tony's a great guy. Tony was a great guy. So yes, he um, is. yeah, so we'll have to see what. We'll have to see what happens. I, um, we the, got very good feedback, and Brett Clark threw a little Jeff Bradbury love in the podcast. So I'm hoping that uh, maybe you'll maybe I'll just cut out that snippet for you real quick, and I'll send it to you, Jeff, so you can hear it. I would love to, and, and I think the that'll best... be his ringer. <laughs> <laughs> I think the best part about Tony, and if you if you follow Tony, you'll catch this on his uh, Twitter account. He has a picture of him with his Bammy Award, which is for outstanding principal, and you know, hey, we love technology. But he's standing in front of the World Book Encyclopedias, <laughs> which just tells you Whoops. everything you need to know about education right now. That's right. <laughs> Sam, um, what are you doing this week over at uh, – are we still at org? We are at Patui.org, uh, and that, that's due for a little updating. But uh, I was playing in the other blog this weekend, so I'll get to that. But um, – this week on Patui, we are going to actually have the Edu Puppets co-moderate a session on copyright. So that should be really amazing. We're kind of taking another step further in the direction of EdTech Twitter chat puppet show convergence. So Now, you're supplying yeah. the voices for the puppets at the same time? Or well, just, I mean... Are, are they just they're, typing they're, for themselves? They're, 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 main, they're just going to be tweeting. There's not going to be... 
I, I can't tweet in six voices and operate the actual puppets at the same time. But um, we're well, going to work on, well, you know. Well, there is, there, there is a way to do that. If you create – I've been thinking about this. If you create enough tout accounts or if you create one tout account – you know what tout is? Tout is a 15-second video. But you can create the video, you can save the video, and then you could actually have it auto-tweet whenever you need it to. So you can actually have the videos of the different puppets. I'm giving what, you things to what's think about. The, like how many places can you differentiate to in that scheduled tweeting? Because some apps like Hootsuite let you – or it might not be the same anymore, but it used to be just five-minute intervals. TweetDeck well, will let you do by the one minute. But it's a little crazy, but I'm trying to find something that lets you schedule tweets down to seconds. Well, I, I, because I, I I'm apologize. trying to get I, interaction. I, I spoke up. I, I didn't mean pre-recorded. But if you had a oh. – if you had it, but again, you could do a 15-second a video with Waka, and then at the moment you wanted to, then you hit it out, and it tweets, and it'll tweet Waka asking the question. And then you get ready right, because right. you're, not, you're not doing live video this week, right? You're just doing the pre-recorded stuff. So you right, can actually right, have right, Walka right. ask the question at seven oh eight, and then you know while that while the chat's going on, you can record the next fifteen second video with Dewey. Or wait, no, I'm sorry, right, Dewey, right. Dewey's too young to do it, I guess. But that, that's we can't have Dewey on Tout. He's four. Well, I'm I'm with you. <laughs> that that'll be next week's chat. Uh, the internet safety. We'll do copyright this week and safety next week. All oh, four. Right. Connected educator bud. Looking That'll probably be to us, due to us, too, because we probably... Right, we're before. really just talking about your podcast, John, but we'll do a good show, don't worry. Hey, I, you know what, speaking of that, have you, I, I wanted to talk about this real quick. Do, do you guys know when the Hour of Code... I see all these things for the Hour of Code. Do we know when the Hour of Code actually is, or is there a hashtag for it? I've never heard um, of it. It's, it's, really it's code.org, and I'm okay. my principal is supposed to be introducing me to them this week. Because um, that's definitely something I want to get in on. Uh, in actually two weeks, we're so, we're trying to get Shannon Miller on our show to talk about coding with little kids. Um, I don't know if you saw it, John, but I did a a uh, post earlier this week on coding uh, grades K through five, and you know on iPad apps. And she's been she wrote a great post this week about Botlogicus, which mm -hmm. is a similar thing, but it looks web based, and they've got a Kickstarter. So there's a lot of people kind of developing things in the realm of coding for little kids. And code.org, uh, the hour of okay. code is coming, they say. Um, Good, okay. They That's want teachers to, to do an hour of code. And they've got, like, everybody, like, you go to their webpage, and it's all, it's really just, you know, 2,000 pixels tall, all about, you know, everybody from Bill Clinton to... Uh, Richard Branson about why kids need to learn to code. Um, and they're actually looking for teachers to participate in the Hour of Code. So if you're a teacher who loves technology, loves programmatic thinking, and are you know, you're willing to support that movement with an hour of your class, you know, check it out, code.org. Yeah, that looks cool. Well, thanks for that, Sam, because I've been looking all over. I'm like, there's got to be a hashtag or something. I keep getting all these articles about it. So, yeah, no, that, it's pretty exciting. I saw the one that came out this week that I try, that I'm going to try out is called Lightbot, L-I-G-H-T Bot, and that's supposed to be it was 2.99, but that's supposed to be a new iOS app that uh, 
uh, is programming uh, for the youngsters as well. So I haven't checked it out yet, but I did buy it and download, so we got, I got my daughter check it out for me. Oh, cool. Let me know. I'm, I'm interested in how effective it is, but I also am interested in specifically how much text they have to interact with. Because, okay. like, the uh, the Codable app, which I absolutely love, we got to get the Jonathan on here. He's behind that. Um, that is great because they actually have little built-in screencasts that give you the instructions by doing what it is that you need to do, and there's no text anywhere on the page. So while, I mean, I totally believe in teaching reading and everything, to be clear, uh, this builds a situation where if that were a barrier, they would still be able to get to the logic of it. Cool. Nice. All right. That's it. We, of course, want to say thank you to everybody out there for watching the Tech Educator podcast and participating in TeacherCast Educational Broadcasting. We had some great tweets out there from Craig Yen and Teresa. And, of course, stick with us at 930 in only an hour and a half. We are going to be bringing you Principal Cast version number six. And tonight they're going to be talking all about some of the great stuff that's happening in principal and administrative professional development. My name is Jeff Bradbury, and you can check out more TeacherCast broadcasts Broadcasting by going over to teachercast.net slash YouTube, where you can find all of our great videos, including the George Kuros keynote from yesterday over at Edscape and also our panel discussion. And, of course, you can find out more here at techeducatorpodcast.com. Thank you so much again for joining us each and every single week. We will be with you next Sunday at 7 o'clock. Until that time, please keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. Good night, everybody.